Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous roof. What's up? This is DLC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking God. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy, Z-Man. What up, yo? This is e This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. It's your boy, DJ Paul KOL from 360 Rock. Young Busy Bone. Vice World. This your man, Matt Mind the Hell Razor. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. question for me because really really I mean I've been into art since I could hold a pencil or pen really like no exaggeration like the oldest yeah. pictures of me as a little kid um, some of them show me at a little easel or desk with you know a pen and pencil and I always just gravitated towards it ever since I could like I said I could hold a pen or pencil so like really I just fell in love with it as a kid and never stopped 
you know, and I think that's what, you know, often separates, I guess, those who feel art is their calling from those who don't, is that, you know, all kids draw. We're all drawn to, well, yeah, we're all drawn to drawing and art. I mean, that's just a part of human expression, but for some of us, we can't let go of that, you know, and I, I was just one of those kids, and I never really felt like I excelled at anything else as much. So it's always been like a a saving, uh, I don't know how to put it, you know, like just a uh, something that that's, that like grounds me, you know. Yeah, something to uh, yeah, since I was a kid, you know, was keep a kid. you something to keep you you know enjoyment in your life. You know, uh, art and music is something that I think we all need. Um, and the two go hand in hand. You were able to uh, to get in the music business. Uh, what age did you uh, get involved with, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying, hip-hop? And... I was about, well, involved in it as a fan. I mean, you know, I remember my earliest recollections of of being interested in hip-hop were like going back to, you know, I'm thinking uh, fifth, sixth grade. It's been a while. <laughs> but, you know, like a Run DMC cassette tape is the first tape the first hip hop album I ever owned. Um yeah, likewise. And and then and then also, you know, then it was like they were the Beastie Boys and the Beastie Boys were were super dope to me and and the and then and then it just grew from there. You know what I'm saying? As a fan, as a kid growing up in that, you know, hip hop generation when everything was new and raw and 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 everything like that and it wasn't like saturated at all. It was like cutting edge. This hip hop thing was blowing up on the West Coast, you know. And but then but then as far as getting into it, it's like, yo, I want to do something with hip-hop. I'm not a dancer. I'm not a rapper. I'm not a music producer. But I draw. How can I apply this? And, and it just sort of came naturally because people in the Bay were, like, you know, pushing the independent thing. Once I hit high school in the early 90s, <clears throat> it was like, yo, you can do drawing for us. We need a logo. We need an album cover. We need a T-shirt. So the early 90s in high school – for me, I guess, was my defining moment as like, okay, now this is coming together as far as what I can do in hip-hop that's, you know, for me, that's genuine. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was a great move. Like you said, the the music hustle in the Bay is so um, dominant that it influenced so many other regions to do the same thing. For sure. And, you started working with a lot of the, the guys who, who really spearheaded that that movement, you know, like I mentioned, E-40. Yeah. The biggest hustler of all time, Master P. Um, yeah. Before we get into them, uh, where did you first start doing, um, you know what I'm saying, graphics and, and art for? Like, what company did you work with? Well, so, I mean, really... Like I said, I just started on my own doing sketchbooks and showing freelance people right? spread word of mouth because there was no yeah. social media. We, you know, we weren't, you know, that's why I often hashtag pencils, pages, and payphones because that's how I came up hustling. You know, you really had to, like, get someone's phone number, get their or pager number, and, you know, go hit a payphone and call them and arrange a place to meet and, and pull up. Yeah. You really had to pull up in real time, real life. That's why I started getting to know more and more people from actually networking in person and going to studios like Kalo Studios and spots like that or the hip-hop shops in Vallejo. Um, but as far as, like, companies, Funky Fat Graphics in the early 90s was really the first 
graphic design company or, or firm that I ever worked for. Because prior to that, it was just independent hustling. Like the work I did for certain artists, like E40, Master P, Mac Gray, those were the first three cats to hire me to do something. And that was on my own before before I even heard of Funky Fat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, you, you were already doing your thing. You had smarts enough to understand that, okay, I can apply this to this and create all these connections. And um, here we are. You meet uh, Master P on his way up. You know, um, yeah. How did how did you connect with Master P? So I was out, you know, doing my networking the way I would do it in person. You know, I would go up to like Leopold's Records or Rasputin Records, um, spots like Tower. It then well later it became Tower Records, but like OG spots like that. He's what OZ and Eastmont Mall. I was just doing making the rounds, like pulling up in person because back then when there were all these. Everyone was just all about the physical record. It was very common, like damn near every weekend, that there would be what they called an in-store, which is, you know, more of a thing of the past now. But I appreciate that I've seen it coming back a little bit, you know, like an in-store where, like, artists would pull up uh, to Leopold Records, for example, you know. And I don't mean just Bay Area artists. I mean, I remember meeting D-Nice, MC Light. They were people from the East Coast were coming through to record spots like that we had in Berkeley, you know, and I was a Berkeley kid, you know, and so I'd go up with my business cards that I made at home. Yo, here's my pager number, my name, I'm an artist, hit me up. Um, do you need any logos? Well, one day I was doing that in Vallejo at the hip-hop shop, and there was a, the owner, I believe his name was Ron, Ron Beverly maybe, lost touch, but appreciate appreciate him because as I was walking out, he said, hey, you know what, wait up, Noah. There's someone I want you to meet, and he went in the back, and then he came out with this young up-and-coming rapper who called himself Master P. And he was like, yo, um, this is Master P. You guys should meet and uh, exchange information. He's out of Richmond. You know what I'm saying? I was working out of Berkeley and out of my parents' house, you know. And so we uh, we just exchanged beeper numbers, and, you know, it's that's it's, it's funny to think, but, you know, there were times back then when I was giving him rides in like an 84 Volvo, you know, in the early 90s. Wow. And and now, you know, obviously, he's got his own rides. <laughs> for sure. You know what I'm saying? But, I, but uh, you know, I love him for that. Yeah, I mean, we, we have a lot of history. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. What, was, what was he like as a person at that time? You know... Uh, clearly a hustler, and also he stood out from the crowd of the Bay Area scene, even though he was definitely part of it, because he had that southern twang in his voice, and he was definitely from New Orleans, and that was clear. But he was in Richmond, too, so he was like in that in that day and age, you know, it was like he was from Richmond. He had the Richmond hat, and you know what I'm saying? Like, um, And so he was just... Super smart, independent hustler, and going for it every which way he could and learning the business. And, you know, one thing I, I do clearly remember that I think is important to mention, you know, there are plenty – and, and it, you know, look, everybody partied and did stupid shit and all kinds of stuff and everything, myself included. But I remember what Sinise at Master P apart was he was like, yo, give me a ride once to, uh, you know, this college. I think it was uh, – Contra Costa Community College, 
you know, I'm taking this business class. You know, I never saw him, you know, partying high and drunk. I saw him studying the game, and he was after it 24-7. You know what I'm saying? Clearly it paid off, literally. Relentless, you know. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, what did you do for uh, for him initially? Did you uh, uh, do the logo, redo the logo? or? Yes. Initially, he was like, yo, we got this, this logo for No Limit Records. So that first, first OG logo, I did not do that. I don't know who did that. And no diss, but it did look kind of like clip art. You know, it was more like it was two dudes on a tank. And, um, you know, it, it was... It was cool, but I mean, the concept was cool, but it was kind of basic. It didn't really, it, it looked a little like clip artist in terms of how it was drawn. And so I think he wanted it more custom. Like he wanted to keep the concept, but it's like, let's, let's, let's bring it up to date and refine it. Like, you know, cleaner lines, uh, a little less clip artist or a lot less clip artist. And let's put some bullet holes in the tank and rough it up and make it more real, you know? So that's what I did for him. Um, also, I did photography, you know, like I did a lot of like novice self taught I had a one ten camera, a Polaroid camera. You know, I, I was just learning on my own. I mean, um but I always really appreciated a lot I mean I photographers are artists. I mean, so I appreciate art, you know, the visuals, you know, and so um I would take photos for him. Again, would have to really go somewhere on location. Like I remember one night we're out in front of this bail bond spot in Richmond and it was for the real untouchables. What's really going on? Casingle. And there's a little throwback term. Youngsters might not know. Casingle was like a cassette single <laughs> yeah. and there might be an instrumental and then maybe a remix or a clean version and a, and a not Beach clean side, version. And yeah. 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 And it was in, a, it would go in, in an O card, right? Which was just a, like a sleeve. You would slide the cassette in and out of without, any plastic case, you know, I'm dating myself clearly. <laughs> this is where it <laughs> I'm started, right there with you, brother. You know? Right there. Right. Right. I mean, I'm over 40 now. I mean, this was when I was yeah. like 19, 20, 21. And, um, you know, we, I didn't have professional lighting and all this, you know, I just, we made it work. It was, but that's what's dope about it. It's like now in retrospect, I feel about it because there were just, we used street lights. We used, a basic flash. We used, you know, it, it wasn't polished. It was like young people just trying to figure out how do we do this? How do we get the right, the right image for the cover? That ended up being the cover of Back to Single that I took. So I did photography like that. I did the No Limit Records logo. Or he wanted a logo for Dope Man Publishing. He wanted a logo for Die Hard Management. I would just draw this by hand. You know, ink it, scan it would clean it up, you know, later through Funky Fat, they taught me more about how to clean up the hand-done art, you know, in like um, uh, Photoshop. And and back then there was a program called Freehand, which I think was kind of a precursor to uh, Adobe Illustrator. That's what we were using originally, you know what I'm saying? But initially, before I even knew the digital stuff, I just did it all by hand. Oh. And then I'd go somewhere like Kinko's Copies, uh, there was a there were there were coffee spots that go by the lake in Oakland or by or in downtown Berkeley, you know, and get them and pay to get it scanned. So then I could give them like a floppy disk with a 
with, a, with an image of, like, line art or something. I, and I realize everything I'm saying, hearing myself talk is, like, so dated. But this is, like, this is how, like, this is how it all started and went from, like, everything analog to digital and got cleaned up. And here we are. Those tapes that you're talking about and those that era, um, that was what got him all that hard work that he put in and, and working with people like yourself. You're part of that history that uh, got him up that ladder, you know what I'm saying? Because he doesn't get from point A to point B without going through what he went through in the Bay and Richmond and and those days, right. so you were very fortunate to see the the beginning stages of that. Did you ever imagine that he would you know be selling seventy five million records? No, I mean, not because of. And again, it's not like any diss. I mean, I just I don't think I admittedly was even thinking that big in my naive young life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because to put it in perspective. At that time, in early 90s, like I said, I, let's say I'm driving Master P somewhere. If he handed me a $20 bill, I was happy. I could fill my tank back then and still get some change back. And then I would be set for, like, you know, the week maybe. So, um, you know, I wasn't thinking that big, but I think he was. Yeah. You know? And P, yeah, I mean, just his business acumen is, you know, it's untouchable. It's far none. Uh, I'm looking at yeah. some pictures uh, on your Instagram. I want everybody to make sure to go uh, follow. Uh, you know, uh, it's no hating. N O H the number eight T I N. Follow that Correct. because uh, you 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 got so many gems up there. The pictures I'm looking at is Sonya C. Um, looks like oh, right. album, uh, Married to the Mob, uh, uh, early mm-hmm. C murder picture, too. Um, what do you remember about Corey Miller at that time? Yeah, um, real cool guy. I mean, I I mean, we used to, I remember going with Pete to pick up Silk at, uh, I think it was De Anza, one of the high schools out there, Richmond and Cali, that is, you know, and, and um, he was in high school. I don't remember if Corey was in school at the time or what, but, you know, real nice guys. I mean, I remember Corey having this fat diamond ring, and I was like, oh, man, I'm in, I'm in high school, you know. Can I wear that to the prom? <laughs> like I wanted to ball out or look like I was balling out. And he was like, sure, man. I didn't even expect him, you know, to be like, he was just generous. They were, they're brothers, and they acted like brothers, and they were, and they fought like brothers, and they played like brothers, and they were very, um, inclusive with me, you know, like, yo, that's the young homie who went art for us. You know, they needed that. I, and I, and I was, and I am appreciative that they, you know, kind of like took me under their wing, you know, early, no limit. Early, yeah. early no yeah. limit history, you know. Um, Absolutely. Um, but it doesn't stop there. I mean, that's, that's just one of the guys that helped shape the, the industry as we know it. Uh, you worked with others. You know, E40. Right. Mac um, Dre. Right, right. Um, right. Mac Dre was your, uh, one of the earlier ones you worked with. Um, he you actually, actually be the first. Promotion, promotional stuff for him, right? Like uh, stickers and stuff? Right. Right, right. Talk, so talk he about had, that first. Um, so I'm in high school, and I've said this before, you know, because I've, I've taught high school now, you know, so I'm obviously not 
advocating cutting class, but, you know, I felt like, look, I got a beat from, you know, like I got in touch with, I had reached out, um, I think I bought a Mac Dre cassette, as I recall, California Living. It might have been an EP or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even remember offhand, but it, it was one where we were sitting on the couch, I think, talking on the phone. There were some girls around. Um, and and I I think I just, you know, one of the ways that I've networked was, like, read the liner notes. I was I would, like, be someone who nerded out on liner notes and, you know, who's who in life. And also, they'd usually be, like, a fan club or a management pager number or office number. So as I recall, I just had reached out to the office number or manager number and, you know, said, I do art. If you need art, let me know. It was a cat named DX at the time who was his manager, Stan, I believe. Um, I mean, you know, this is going back like a couple of decades. So I'm trying to remember, um, you know, because unfortunately a lot of us just over the years, life happens and we lost touch. But, you know, he was like, yo, um, I'm coming to Berkeley from Vallejo. Like I need this, I need, I need you to help me do a, a promo sticker and I'll pay you, but I need you to do it at this time. I'm coming out there. And I, you know, at the time, I mean, I was a naive kid. I didn't, I wasn't going to say no, or can we reschedule? Just like, yes, let's do it. I didn't want to miss the opportunity. So yeah. I cut, I didn't go to class after lunch. I just walked over. We, I mean, we had an open campus, but I just stayed after lunch and went to this copy shop. Dude pulled up in a, big white Cadillac and I'm pretty sure it had some bullet holes in it like I didn't even ask but I was like yo those look like bullet holes um, but I don't know about that but I just remember I remember that like thinking like damn this is a real OG dude you know it wasn't my career it was a manager and he was like yo you're good you can draw I'm like yeah he's like show me you know so I felt like I got to prove myself I just sat there with you know it was back when you could just like sit in a copy shop there was like a table and chair and, you know, I just pulled out my pen and little sketch pad, black book, whatever, and started drawing. It was like, dope. And that's where I drew that clock logo that says Max Ray all damn day, which, you know, became kind of historic in the sense that, you know, then it went up around Bay Area mostly um, as stickers all over stuff. I started, like, that's when I really said, like, wow, I'm seeing my work around town. I'm not putting it up everywhere. I mean, they gave me some rolls of stickers to put up once once he printed them, you know. But, like, I'm seeing my work other places around, you know, up on on walls and, you know, like their little street teams are putting them up. And other just people like me handing them out to other people and they'd put them up or keep them. You know, that, that's when I was really like, man, this is cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, they, might, they ended up putting my name on the album. They needed a little Romp Productions logo. I whipped that out, too. You know, so that that promoted what's really going on, and that's the album where then my name's on the back, the Rock Productions logo's on the back. The Clock logo's not actually on the album art, but it was a promo for that, and that then ended up on T-shirts that you can see in the California Living video that, you know, Max Dre's wearing, Julio's wearing, you know, Julio the underdog, you know, another real cool cat, you know, who, who's wearing the shirts. I wish I still had that shirt. Yeah, that's you know, got to be worth out there's got a rip of money right now because, I, you know, hip-hop mm-hmm. collectibles is just uh, insane. Um, but right. that had to make you feel real good uh, knowing that your art was all over town. It was it was getting seen in a music video. You drew that right on the spot. That's the, the, the one that you drew for, 
for uh, his manager right there? Yeah. Yeah, that was wow. one of the first times I felt like talk about pressure. Gotta, I'm right? on the spot. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. It was like that Eminem moment, like you know, <laughs> like sweaty palms. Like, damn, this dude might say you suck and not use it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I felt that, you know, because people usually would be like, "All right, do this drawing and get back to me." But he he like put me to the test, and then I stepped up, and he liked it, and they used it, and and I do still have a few of those original stickers, like still with the sticker backing on them that they gave me. I I do wish I had that T-shirt. But I, I do have, you know, speaking of hip-hop collectibles, I definitely kept some of the stuff, the best gems from back in the day. Uh, yeah. You know, like, like a, posters, some T-shirts, stickers, you know. Um, I... I I and really I admit, uh, like, made the ahead. mistake given not to cut you off, but I really made the mistake no, of giving away like uh, uh, magazines and stuff. I mean, I always kept a portfolio of the work I did, but I gave away all the magazines because I wanted people to read them. You know, uh, right? So I, it's hard to keep that. That stuff is rare. Right, right, and it's. It, I mean, the older we get, the more time goes on, the more rare it becomes. And what I was starting to say is that like. I admit with some of this stuff, I feel like I don't, I mean, I have stuff that it's like, what do I do with this? I want this to outlive me. I don't want to just sell it. I mean, there's people who, who DM me from, man, from like Japan, Germany, you know, especially those two countries, but from all over who like want collectibles, like, yo, I'll give you this and that for this poster, this sticker. But admittedly, some of it, I'm like, ah, I, there's so much like I struggle with it. I admit because it's like I got a lot of sentimental value attached to some of those things, but then I don't want to just have them end up in my studio or something. And after I pass away, you know, like I want. That's why I'm I'm trying to partner more with like cultural institutions. You know, I've made some donations to the hip hop, the Universal Hip Hop Museum that's going to be opening in the Bronx. Um, yes. So that so that I can preserve some of this stuff and also make sure that they get the representation. Yes, that's a must. Shout out to uh, the homie clientele. He's been on the show many times. Um, just stay in touch with, with, with him for sure because he's gonna, he heads the whole West Coast, as you know. Uh, he'll make sure that you guys get that representation. That uh, That's dope. Yeah, that's I've been so in touch dope, with the cat named Adam. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam, I'll put too. you in Adam touch with uh, uh, clientele as well. Because uh, okay. he's been, we we did a roundtable with Rocky and uh, uh, everybody when they first uh, were talking about this, and right. to see it's actually coming to light is amazing, and I'm just glad to see that the uh, the Bay's going to be represented, I'm, and I'm hoping you know me being from the Midwest, the Midwest is is represented in there as well, um, but that's dope, man, to have uh, your stuff uh, be affiliated with that. You know, uh, are you going to yeah, go out there? Yeah, I appreciate that. When I'm they open up, to that gonna, opening. I plan to. There? Yeah. I plan to, yeah. I definitely plan to. I'm. There's no way the Bay is not getting representation in terms of, like, hip-hop visual culture, if I have anything to say about it. And I've made some donations, and I plan to make more. I feel like what they're doing is, is a, a great thing with a – it's a long-term purpose, you know, that, that that's what I mean. And that's what I mean. That's like, I don't, I could sell a bunch of things and make some money on it, 
But then I don't, I don't have any control over where it's going. I don't know where it's going to go. It might not even go to a good use. I want this stuff to go to a good home that's going to, to share it with other people, next generation, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know. absolutely. So, you know, yeah, um, there's other folks I've been in touch with, too, from other spots. I wish more museums and galleries were doing stuff like that on the West Coast, but to be honest, unfortunately, it's not too much of that. It seems like the main the main one right now is, um, you know, like the main, the main ones are on the East Coast, but that's cool, too. I mean, you know, yeah. but, like, I definitely would love for someone to open up something like that on the West Coast eventually. Who knows? Maybe they will. Maybe they'll have a West Coast chapter or location or something, you know. I hope so because, um, you know, guys like yourself, the late uh, Dream TDK, uh, you guys yeah. really uh, put, uh, you know what I'm saying, the art into that movement. And um, right. people remember the visuals. That's how we bought the records when we went to the stores. If I saw a tape or a CD and it had a, a pretty dope visual and I wasn't familiar with the artist, I'd take a chance on it. And um, right. that was really be People don't realize how important guys like you are, man. Salute to you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, there, and yeah, I mean, and shout out to all the other artists and photographers and graphic designers who, who I – I've met and haven't met, but whose work I've seen over the years, that is so true what you said, you know, I mean, it's, you know, the, it's, ultimately it's about the music, but when you don't know, back then you couldn't just download and sample one song. You have to commit yeah. to buying a physical album and you were going to spend like $12.99, $15 or something like that, right? On a tape or a CD or a vinyl, right? Or maybe in $20, I don't know. But like, it was more of a commitment. And and I do absolutely believe. I mean, it's commer- it's, it's it's marketing. It's it's the it's how com- you know advertising works. If, if there's a package that looks really good, and there's a dope cover, people are more inclined to take a chance on it, like you said, and buy it. Because I've met people of the years, even in the industry, who like made me feel like, yo, I mean, what you do, like, it's cool, but like that doesn't really matter. It's like the it's the last little cherry on top i'm like i think it's more than that more than people realize you know yeah oh yeah absolutely i've I've, I've, I've definitely like heard from people i'm not kidding you i've had people dm me like yo i i used to once they're like once i started seeing in a minute records for example which is logo i did with the clock i don't know what it is with me and clock because that's like the second clock logo i mentioned but um you know that little in a minute clock logo i did I've had people tell me, oh, once I started, like, getting to know their catalog, if I saw that logo on there, I'd just buy the album because I knew it was dope yeah, at a certain time in early day or hip-hop history in a minute records. Yeah. was another cultural spot, landmark, I used to be at a lot. That, that um, label was the yeah. lead pad for success for so many artists, including Master P, yeah. uh, yeah. MC Poop, Blue Man, um, Pooh Man was the first one I, I think that, our, that I got, I think. Um, the fucking right. dank. That's right. Um, yep. Life of a Criminal. I think our uh, yell was you, on there. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally insane. Um, totally insane. You know, they put out some Classic legendary... Bay Area hip-hop. Yeah. The, that stuff is uh, historical. You worked uh, yeah. you know, with... Uh, um, 
you know, Looney Z40, JT, the bigger figure. We're going to talk a little bit about that and also about what you're doing now. But I want to go to a break right. real quick. Uh, okay. We talked about Mac Dre, California Living, where they can actually see that promo sticker that you did on the shirt. Um, if they go to YouTube and check that out, we're going to play that song right now. Uh, we'll be so, right back with No No Hate Nate. Don't go nowhere. You're soft, you're 
Photographer, educator, you name it. This man wears many hats, and uh, he wears them well, man. So, such an honor to have you on the show. Um, Thank you, bro. You, uh, you know, you did a lot of stuff with uh, Yuck Mouth over the years. We've had the pleasure to, uh, you know, I've interviewed him, you know, in the Murder Dog days as well. Um, how did you hook up with the? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> well, that so, yeah, no. Shout out to. To Yuck, the regime general, man, that's my homie, um, and and we do have a history together. You know, um, it goes back to the early '90s when I was at Funky Fat, which is how I connected with with him and Numb and CNH and drew down the whole like original C Note Records crew came through to uh, Funky Fat Graphics, and at the time they were calling themselves the Looney Tunes. So the original logo said Looney Tunes. And Yuck had it, you know, dope. I mean, he, I, I credit him as, like, he's the real genius behind the concept. He's, and he's, he's a good he's good at drawing. He's good. And he oh, sketched yeah. it out on a piece of paper, you know what I'm saying? I think while he was on a little vacation. <laughs> and, and, he, uh, and it said Looney Tunes was like this crazy, angry, like, wild condom man. You know, holding uh, a little cat and a, and a Mickey 40 and... And, and, you know, well, I, I won't describe all the rest in detail, but it's dripping <laughs> on some Air Force One, right? And, um, but they needed to no clean other up logo like it. Yeah, definitely the world's nastiest logo. And, um, and I've met people around, like literally around the world, who have that tattooed on their body, which is trip to me. You know, I started out seeing my work on stickers on stop signs in the Bay, and, and, and that tripped me out. But when I met people like, yo, you did that or you worked with Yuck on that and I got it in my flesh, like inked in my flesh. I'm like, wow, that's a serious compliment and commitment. I mean, I don't even have my work chatted on my flesh, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, so that's how I connected with them. So I worked with them on the logo, cleaned it up. Um, and, and yeah, and, like, and then later it got abbreviated or shortened to the Loonies. The Loonies. Um, which is, you know, how you see it nowadays. Um, so, like, they that's how I first They were so innovative, them. though. You know, they the, were. Whole, the whole ice cream man thing. And uh, not only that, when they dropped Operation Stackola, um, you know, they turned the, the world on to the Bay Lingo. I mean, E-40, of course, was, totally. was yelling out things that a lot of cats, you know, say from other areas, like, what, what did he say? Let me rewind that. Right. 
Right. They put a freaking dictionary in in the CD cover. Um, right. I mean, they, they were huge, and that song I got five on it to this day is just an anthem everywhere. It is. It's an anthem. It's an anthem, and and it's an anthem that's crossed generations now. Um, like that. That's arguably the most, or definitely one of the most renowned songs from what I think of as like my generation, our, you and I, our generation of hip hop, um, that is still like known, that you could still play in the club, it's still relevant. I mean, it, it just came out in the Us movie not too long ago. That gave it a whole nother yeah. boost to a new uh, to a new audience, you know. Uh, I got I, something I can't funny to enough. tell you. Go ahead. Not to cut you off, but um, no, it's not you know, Billboard magazine when that movie came out, you know, uh, they did. They actually had the nerve to put out an article that said, uh, "Who are the loonies?" Uh, you know, with the "I Got Five on it" song in the new Us movie, and they quoted one of our interviews we did with Yucca Numskull, um, which was cool. I'm glad that they came to me and, and did that. But at the same token, it's like, how can you not know who the loonies are? They sold tons of records, you know? Yeah. Um, all you got to do is look at the charts. Your billboard right. for, you know, do, do you not know how to do research? But I, I just thought, you know, right. I didn't mean to yeah, cut you was, off. I just thought that was funny because. That was a serious omission on their part <laughs> for doing that yeah. to the loonies like that. I mean, loonies, I feel like strongly do not get enough credit. You know what I'm saying? Like, to this day, there's certain groups and acts out of the Bay, and arguably even the Bay itself, I feel like. It took hella long for, I feel like, the whole just nationwide or worldwide hip-hop scene to catch on to the Bay. Like, I feel like the Bay wasn't late at all, but the rest of y'all were late to, yeah. to understand, like, what the Bay was doing. Putting out compilations, innovative slang, um... You know what I'm saying? Just their own unique style, you know, and and it was and and it was and learning the business of the record industry, getting just gamed up on that and how to, you know, like basically be more of your own boss, you know, like 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 have your own independent record label and then you might need to mess with someone to get uh, manufacturing distribution at the time, right? There yeah. were a bunch, right? Like like in a minute records, some got signed to Priority Records. Uh, you know, Solar Music Group was doing things. I mean, all kind, you know, but like just the business savviness too. I feel was always a Bay Area thing. And for other spots, some other spots, no diss, but I mean, I feel like they they caught on that. A lot of them kind of caught on later to that. The Bay was always about that independent hustling. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the compilations, yeah. like I said, was such a Bay thing too. The lingo, like you said. Oh, yeah, the compilations, you guys set it off uh, with the compilations, yeah. you know. Uh, For sure. Most definitely. Uh, now, E-40. Yeah, and I'm still working uh, with Yuck Mouth now, you know. You're Shout still working with Yuck Mouth. That's, that's yeah, dope Izzy, because the whole you guys Smoke-a-Lot team go way back together. Right. It's cool that we came back around because, I mean, I mean, we hadn't even seen each other in, I don't even know, damn near 20 years until recently. You know what I'm saying? So, like, um just through knowing good people in common, um, you know, shout out to Bijan, you know what I'm saying, and and DJ Fingers from San Diego, like they put us back in touch. That was dope. 
Um, and, and it just turned out like, damn, we don't even live far from each other out here. So I started, now I'm doing more like photo work for him. And you know what I'm saying? We're just, uh, it's really nice to be reconnected, you know, and shout out to Yuck and Kizzy and the whole family. Like smoke a lot, team. Simone and Cato, all of them like have been really welcoming. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm just so fascinated, you know, with your, um, with your photography as well, because, um, I was looking earlier at a picture. It was, uh, I, I guess it must have been Masterpiece House, a record shop or something. But right. he uh, was standing in front of a wall, and he had, you know, the stuff he was doing within a minute. Um, you know, like he made like his own plaques for him. You know, put them in frames and everything. It, it's like you can just from that picture, it tells so much about the vision he had that was unbreakable. You right. Know? And you captured right. that. And where was that at? That was in their apartment, his apartment at the time in Richmond out by Hilltop Mall, which, by the way, recently shut down permanently after like 40-something years. So that seemed like another cultural landmark of reminding us, you know, like things are changing. And Anyway, yeah, that was at their apartment um, out there. It was him, Sonia C., who was his wife at the time, with their son, little Romeo, who I, I'm sure has no idea who I am, or at least, uh, you know, doesn't remember me, but I met him when he was a little kid, you know. And it was there in the apartment where we did a lot of the photo shoots, like the Sonia C. album cover where she's looking out of the the, um, the blind. That was at the yeah. apartment. The picture of him in front of the, the records on the wall, there's a, his apartment. That's the studio. That was our spot. And um, that's that, they did use that in the BET um, No Limit Chronicles because I think it does, like you say, capture his vision. I mentioned that in my interview in that in that documentary that you know none of those were those were just records that he had pressed. Those were not like oh certified gold or certified platinum anything like that. But he was already yeah. framing his own records. Like he knew he knew eventually yeah. they're going to be platinum plaques on the wall. And gold plaques on the wall, and you know, it, it was that's dope to be there at the beginning and see that. The fruition, you know, it's it's uh, right. making it's like it a vision board. Happen. Yeah, right. Like that was you a know. vision board, you know, where people put up things they want to manifest. I felt like looking back, I feel like P was doing that a lot. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Now, what about E40? Uh, didn't you uh, take the photo uh, for the mailman and, and do uh, some art um, on that? Not the photo, actually. Um, but on that album cover, I helped with the whole the whole thing. We did that at Funky Fat. They got some big, like, I don't know what they were, like burlap sacks that looked like something like that would be thrown in a mail truck full of mail. They handed me some stencil letters can of black spray paint or like go go make these look like bags like for a US mail. So I took it in the back and just did what I could do, you know, and just made them look like US mail bags and then um I don't recall offhand who the photographer was for the cover. Um I wish I knew offhand I just shot them out because I worked with a lot of talented photographers but I want to say the wrong one of course. Um but um then I did the uh the like the the logo that went that looked like a like a US mail logo with an eagle. You know. Um I drew it by hand, I scanned it in and then I 
through funky sets. Tutelage, I learned how to like color it and digitize it. Uh, I think using freehand at the time, which was like Illustrator back then. Yeah. Yeah, that was dope. Forty and I have been back in touch too. Yeah, you doing a, um, something for him uh, for a new album or something? Yeah, there, there he is. Uh, Noah. Yeah, we got him. Yo, yo, sorry, we got cut off. I was just. You want me to just pick up where I left off? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was just starting to say. You know what I'm saying? So, like, there was that Mailman album cover with 40. But I had actually met 40 before that because same way, like, with Matt Gray, I had bought the click. No, I had bought Mr. Flamboyant, the cassette. And I, I think I just called one of the numbers in there, paged the number, and then I think it was E40 who hit me back, like, directly. You know, back then it was different. It was just like, you know, like, what's up? Oh, I do art, yada, yada, yada. He's like, cool, meet me at uh, Cable Studios in Richmond on Barrett back then and you know we hooked up he was in there with with Kalu and um, Studio Tone shout out to Studio Tone early OG Bay Area hip hop producer who did a lot of classics and Sugar T was there you know so I met them I took some photos of them for reference really for like drawings that I did for him and then you know, I've done a lot of stuff that has ended up on the studio floor. Like, you know, it just, I, I saved a lot of that stuff, though, that people are more into now some, sometimes than they were then. You know, like some of the drawings I did never got published, you know. Um, but I saved some of those, you know. And, and then I met him again up at Funky Fat, and, you know, we just, you, like, last year reconnected after a while, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. Um, are you going to do any uh, art for him or, or anything in the works? I'd love to. Um, at the moment, nothing. Um, there's nothing uh, to speak of at the moment, but, you know, he's a real cool down-to-earth, also super business-savvy cat, as we said about Master P. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, we, we just actually had a conversation late last year, I believe on the phone about stuff and um I actually just recently did some you know I, I got some stuff I'm working on my own, like just my own fine art stuff, like that incorporate, you know, some of the early photos I did of E forty and um mixing it up, mixed media stuff. I just I dropped a print, you know, a little limited edition print. I have a few left. <laughs> if you're interested to plug it. But uh you know Oh give, that give, did the, well. give them the and, website. Uh, Oh, man. Well, you know what? It's as easy as what you already said. No hating. On my Instagram, in the bio, there's a link. You can just go to at no hating, N-O-H-8, the number 8, T-I-N, right? And then there's a link in the bio, and bam, you can, if, if you're, get, if you're fast get enough, you can get one of the few left. Yeah. 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 Um, 40 is real cool. I mean, he helped me promote it, you know, on his Instagram. And yeah. I mean, real cool cat. Honor to have worked with him and and just know him like that, you know. Man, you definitely yeah. uh, have an undeniable history in the game. Um, I want to bring out my brother from France. Uh, I know he's got a couple questions for you. Um, Sam, oh wow! Okay. You there? Yes, yes. Uh, hi, hi, Scott. 
I know uh, I hate him. Uh, I hate on this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you tell us? Can you tell us about Thomas and Tracy Underwood who own Funkin' Fun Graphics, and uh, they were translators yeah. in hip hop game, but the names yeah. are underrated, underrated to this day. And uh, Tracy, this uh, is 10 years ago. Can you tell us about them? Absolutely, yes. I can't, you know, I can't say enough how much I appreciate, you know, that that they did what they did and also took me in as part of it in the original, you know, graphic design team, you know, that they started out of a house in East Oakland, out of their house, their family home. Um, and, you know, RIP to Tracy, um, and Tom, and, you know, and Thomas was, was the first dude to like, like he, like I said, initially, they were the first ones in the graphic design, uh, field to hire me. Like before that, I was just totally working freelance. They, and they helped me polish up my skills and learn, <clears throat> you know, as far as like the digital stuff goes, like, okay, well, they didn't really draw but they knew Photoshop and freehand, but they needed someone who could draw who had the more like raw analog skills. And that was me. But then I didn't know much, as much about all the digital stuff. So it was a really great synergy we had. And they had a vision too, to start this, you know, like one-stop shop on a certain level where you could get your posters, your album covers, your stickers, you know, just one stop for all your promo and, you know, visuals um, and, and even t-shirts, you know, and hats. Um, and so, yeah, working with Thomas, Tracy, you know, Khan, Alfonso, DeMarco, there were a bunch of cats, you know, who would come through there and other artists I'd worked with, you know, who I'm still in touch with to this day, some of whom I'm still in touch with to this day, you know, um, it was just dope. I mean, it was so much raw art and talent going on at the time. And, and I just, yeah, they really, and they, they blew up. They had, every, they, had, they had damn near everyone from the Bay Hip Hop coming through there through those doors, you know, and then things got even more commercially successful and then they expanded and they opened another um, actual, you know, brick and mortar business spot out of their house, you know. Um, and, and then I eventually left because I was pursuing my degree. I was going to college. I was going to go to college, you know, and so I moved to Southern California to Long Beach to get my degree in art. And so, you know, we not you know, we we kept in touch a little bit, but like, you know, just naturally life goes on and you know, we kinda went our separate ways and then eventually uh, you know, their the business things changed and now there is no funky fat graphics in terms of like you know, like it was. Um but but you know, that's just sort of the trajectory of how things often go, right? But I mean it was really the bomb in its day, you know, and they did that. Yeah, absolutely. Those are good questions, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, um, Can you tell us also about the the hand lettering of Cibo Autopsy you did and the and the logo Insane Management we can see in the back in the of the series of Cibo too. Yeah, Areas. I did that by hand. I did that by hand. The autopsy album, you know, just that bloody writing. I mean, obviously, you know, the whole theme was that, um, you know, it's an autopsy, and there's like, even if you at the beginning, you know, of the of the album, you hear like sound effects, like saws, like they're 
cutting up a body for an autopsy. You know, so just running with that horrorcore theme that Sibo and a lot of cats out of Sacramento really pioneered. You know what I'm saying? Like Lynch and X-rated, you know, that horrorcore. You know, I, I just ran with that in terms of the, the style, you know, the bloody lettering. And then the insane management was just like, you know, Sibo wanted just some crazy dude in a straitjacket who looked like he was locked up in an insane asylum, you know, representing, you know, this crazy insane management, you know, and that's how I came up with the character based on what he described he wanted, which is to this day just how I work. I mean, you want some artwork done, let's have a conversation, start talking to me, I'm going to start taking notes, you know, like what are some of the words you're using, what are some of the vibes you're giving off, the energy, what are some other visuals out there that you mentioned you do like? That's going to influence how I'm going to create or bring to life what you want. Yeah, so yeah was on the run. On the run, insane. Good. And uh, AWOL Records, all three of those I did. Yeah. You, you did also um, Trust Nobody of Master P, the logo, and also Dank of Die, the, the, the Recon's logo of Dead Icons. And uh, Rally Rally Letters, Infrared Music Group. Can you tell us about this one? Yeah, and actually, uh, Rally Rally, shout out to Rally, you know what I'm saying? He was one of the first artists on No Limit Records, actually. Um, I did the logo for him. Um, and that one is a little different, actually, because that wasn't, that was at a point where I really wasn't just working by hand with drawing. I was really, like, playing with, like, letters digitally at that point. Um, and, you know, it was actually through Master P that I met EA Ski, shout out to Ski and, and CMT at the time, it was Ski and CMT, and Rally Ralph was with them a lot, you know, and Tooch and all these other cats were hanging out, and they had the infrared music group, so I did their logo too. Just like, you know, back then it was just like meet, pulling up, meeting people in person, people making introductions, shaking hands, and and just in-person networking, so it just grew. It just grew like that, and so I did Ralph's logo. I really just came up with a bunch of different designs playing on the double R of his name, and then once they all agreed on that one, we rolled with that one, you know. And then, um, yeah, what was the other one you mentioned? Oh, I just, um, Trust Nobody and uh, Dark or Die Records. Yeah, okay. Dark or Die logo. Um, you know, again, it's just running with the theme of, what are the two words? Dank, die. So, you know, it's like yeah. naturally I ran with like a skull and a weed leaf, but like how can I make them creatively interact? You know, so it's like the skull smoking a blunt and, you know, he's got a hood on. He looks like he's, you know, just a regular dude. That might be why they call it kill now. <laughs> What's that? That might, be, that might be why they call it kill now. Let's go smoke some kill, they say. Oh, right, right. That's true. You That's might true. have started that inadvertently. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but maybe. That's dope. Yeah, I didn't think about that connection. Um, but, yeah, just like, you know, basically all of these logos, all of this writing and, and, and drawing is really just based of talking to the artist about what they want, what they're into, what their vibe is, what their music sounds like, what are they talking about, right? I mean, you're not going to give someone – uh, you know, cutesy bubble letter logo if they're hardcore gangster rappers. <laughs> Though that yeah. actually might be a, a ironic thing to do if they're down with that kind of sense of humor. But 
um, you know, you're going with, with, with their aesthetic, with their appeal, with who they are. And then also, admittedly, you know, it's not like I just do it and it's done. I sketch it. I come up with different concepts. We have conversations. We keep refining it until we get it exactly right, you know. That's professional. I feel like I folks. failed if they don't love it, you know. I feel like I failed if they don't love it. I don't care if they paid me or not. I want them to be like, I love this. It's perfect. Before I feel like, okay, now it's done. I did my job. That's just true. I mean, I just, I'm passionate about my work. I don't want people to be like, you know, oh, it's all right. I'm like, no, no, you gotta, no, I want you to love this shit, you know, or like, I don't feel like it's done. Um, yeah. Yeah, the trust nobody, there's that, there's uh, actually in the, I don't know if you can see it in the Polaroid and the, the, that you used for the promo of me and Master P for the promo for this podcast, but I'm actually holding the Trust Nobody hat that we did for Master P at Funky Fair Graphics. Um, and like you said about giving stuff away, I remember just handing that hat to someone who was like, that's dope, I want it. I'm like, here you go. I got plenty of stuff like this. And nowadays sometimes I'm like, damn, why did I give that away? <laughs> I remember... Yeah. I remember a, a very limited edition E40 T-shirt we did for the mailman. I remember giving that away. I remember giving the SP hat away. I mean, it's all love. It's all good. But there, there are times where I'm like, damn, why, I, I want that now. You know, and it's, yeah. you know, Historical how it is. You can't keep everything, though. A museum. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but you can't, yeah, there's no way. Uh, because, right. you know, you, you want to spread the word. That's what those uh, shirts and hats were made for. Um, so I feel yeah. you on that, though, man. Uh, who knows? Somebody might have one out there. If, you, if you're listening, we have a lot of collectors that listen. If you got anything, right. you know, get at uh, No Hayden on uh, Instagram. Uh, Sin, you got any more, brother? Before uh, we give No the floor. Oh, you, you did also the the TRU member Kelly G, the new visual, also. Which yeah. One? Right. Yes, actually. Through, uh, through the, uh, yeah, I had, I had totally, admittedly lost touch with those cats from the real untouchables, as far as like, you know, like it just. I moved to Southern California. Life went on. We went different ways. No, nothing bad happened. I just, you know, lose touch with people sometimes over the years, and um, it was actually around the time I think of when, you know. Um, the Master P No Limit Chronicles documentary was coming together. They were, you know, folks from that, um, from that production company, you know, reached out to me because they found me through Instagram, I guess, through all the stuff I was posting, I believe. And then through them, I actually got back in touch with some of the other folks that they pulled back in, like Kelly G and King George and, you know, uh, Sonia C. You know, like, it's just, it's, it's kind of been amazing um, well, it has been amazing and, and just uh, awesome to get back in touch with folks who, like, we had all this history with, but then we just lost touch, you know? So yeah. it's, it's been dope to be back in touch with them. And, yeah, Kelly G, I actually just did um, some new digital work for him for his cover a little while back. But I don't even know if the music dropped. But he's got the cover now, so that was cool to just yeah, we, be like, yeah, man, I'm uh, working again after, like, 20 years. That's that's so dope. We did a, a Richmond roundtable. We had him. We had uh, 
Chili Powder, uh, DJ Grandmaster, wow. Brad, uh, MC Big O, all those early TRU guys. And uh, it was just amazing to hear them talk about that time, you know. Um, but you, uh, you know, being an artist, you know, uh, you got to work with many camps. Uh, when you look back at all those different memories, what really stands out the most to you? I know that's kind of hard to, to to answer, but I mean that's a big important question. But I kind of need to think on that for a minute. Like, you mean as far as yeah? Well, can you tell me a little more what you mean? Well, you can you can actually. Uh, I mean, you can pick a few moments, but what are what, what really stands out to you? What pieces that you did uh, really uh, resonate with you, uh, or memories? Uh, you know, um, just looking back in perspective. Um, well, you know, <clears throat> as far as pieces I did that really stand out to me, you mentioned some of them, and you used them, some of them on the promo. Um, you know, the Mac Dre clock sticker was a big moment for me in my work, even though it's not necessarily, like, my best work ever, but it's it's because of the context, admittedly, because of who it was for, when it was, and part of the trajectory of my career. It's important, especially to me. You know, um, it's personal for me. It is. Um, The Master P No Limit Records logo is is personal for me. And I haven't done all the iterations. There's been other iterations. Even my folks, Khan, that I worked with at No Limit, did another one that was more recent than mine that was, like, I think the third iteration. It's more well-known, you know, and that's on more of the, the, like, memorabilia and stuff um, than the one I did. But, you know. So that that is like still one of the most recognized logos. When people are like, "Well, what would I know your work by?" I could, you know, that one. They definitely know. Um, the Looney's logo that I worked with Yuck Mouth on, people definitely know. You know, and then people who are more into hip hop like you from, who know more about the Bay. You know, you got it on another like little bit of a deeper level. Then yeah, Dank or Die, they know it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, stuff like that. You know, it's kind of like. The more OG the person's knowledge is of Bay Area hip hop, the deeper I can go with. Wait, did you see this? Did you see this logo or that writing? That oh, you did that? Like you know what I mean? Then they know it. There's levels to this, you know. Um, yeah. But it's dope absolutely. to like meet people and like, oh, I knew that one. You know, I knew that that drawing, that logo you did. I didn't know you did it though. And I mean, that's honestly, and I get it. Like I'm not anybody famous or super rich or anything like that you know i do get this a lot from people like oh man i grew up on your art or i knew your art growing up but your art's like tatted on my arm but i just never knew who did it i mean i feel like the dope thing about right now in this whole like wave of this renaissance and interest on in 90s especially early 2000s maybe golden era hip-hop you know is that people are really like interested in all the backstories and the people who were behind, you know, the scenes, too. You know, I was a behind-the-scenes cat. I didn't have individual recognition. I'm getting more of that now than I did then. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's just, and that's it's dope. It's a beautiful and thing. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yes. Yeah. It is. It is. It that's is, and I'm really appreciative We really try it. to do, because we bought those albums. We read those inserts, you know. Uh, right. It wasn't just put put in, press play, and that's it. You know, um, so it's very important that people like yourself uh, get to tell your story. Um, 
Right. Let's fast forward though to nowadays. Um, what are you doing now as far as uh, the art goes and just day to day life, man? How you living, brother? Well, I'm. It's, thank you, man. It's it, it's a blessing. I mean, I'm a family man. You know, married, got a oh, son. Um, you know, I I teach art full time. That's my, you know, something I'm passionate about, and what I do. Like, and I've done pretty much full time for the past most of the last decade. I mean, um, you know, I've taught high school, I've taught college level, I've taught special needs adults. You know, I mean, I'm teaching. I know this sounds crazy, but I'm teaching some art classes right now to, to students who are blind, like cannot see blind <laughs> or are wow. impaired. But, you know, the first question people always ask is, always like, how can they do art? But if you really think about it, sculpture is all about touch, right? So yeah. we focus more on tactile quality stuff like sculptures of clay. Um, but I still do my freelance work. Um, you know, it's a little more selective now. Um, more specialized gigs, you know, um, I, you know, I'm still doing logos for folks. Um, shout out to Dankhead. I just did a logo for him. Maca, you know what I'm saying, out here in L.A. is someone I'm doing some work for. And, um, you know, I'll be posting those soon. I don't want to say too much. I got some big collaborations happening with my homie D. Bruce, who's done some big, you know, big time, really interesting, like, graphic keys for different artists from, like, I mean, he's done, I don't even want to say too much. I'm going to just say shout out to D. Bruce. You know, we got some big stuff cooking, and, and um, you know, there'll be, there's definitely more stuff that I'm going to be posting soon. But, um, yeah, it's teaching. It's doing photography. Like, I, I work with Yuck Mouth a lot on stuff like that and um, Smoke A Lot Radio, Candid Shots, the podcast, and, um, just creative stuff wherever I can help out, you know. I'm just about, like, I mean, it's all love. There's no, I have no time for any kind of bad energy or beef. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to help keep this alive and give back and do my part because I grew up loving hip-hop and, and, and I feel like, especially that my Bay Area connection to it, but, you know, hip-hop in general, and not just the Bay, um, like I said, my earliest influences, like I think a lot of West Coast cats, was New York cats because they started it. I mean, you know, um, and just at this point, it's teaching, it's making art, it's doing some photography, mixed media work, and just connecting with good people all around the world like you who, who are like, yo, this is dope, let's talk about this and just build, you know. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, man, because um... – you know, like I said, uh, the history is there. All people have to do right. is uh, go and go and look for it. So I really want everybody to please go uh, uh, Instagram, uh, No Hayden. That's N O H, the number eight T I N, uh, and yes, check sir. out the history. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you're a hip hop archivist. You're not just an artist or a photographer. The stuff you have done, like I said. Uh, is uh, recollections of history, you know, it's, it's pieces of the the actual events, man. And, and without cats right. like yourself, these stories are impossible to be told. So salute and respect to you. And uh, man, let's do that. this again. You know. Um, yeah, man, I appreciate that. Time I'm, talking to you. Absolutely, I appreciate you having me on. 
always a pleasure. I'm down to come back and build and talk with you at any point. I definitely am doing my part to archive things I've ha- I have from Polaroid, magazine clippings, you know, um, you know, Murder Dog was really, I mean, man, that's an OG Bay Area pop magazine, you know, like that's just huge, you know. Um, I've seen, and when I saw some of my work reproduced in Murder Dog or other magazines like 4080, Rap Pages, The Source, um, you know, I'd get hype off that because I grew up looking at those magazines and nerding out on, you know, who's who and what's what. And I grew up looking at all the records and art stores. I'm sorry. Yeah, all the artwork in the record stores. Like, those are my, that was, I tell people this. Like, record stores are my first art gallery. I would just look at, at vinyl and everything, not just hip-hop. Heavy metal had dope out, has dope album covers, you know. All the visual culture of music was how I got, like, saved. Like, I feel like it saved my life from, from you know, I don't know what. Like, this is what my calling and my purpose has just always been. So I just feel really blessed to still be able to do it. And I appreciate 100%. you having me on, man. Man, anytime, anytime. And I agree with you 100%. You know, Murder Dog was one of those magazines we kind of help bridge the gap to where we can connect people from the West Coast right. to, to Kansas or, or or here or there. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's right. what it's all about, bridging the gap, you know, making the connection. Right. Um, but, again, I thank you very much. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, hopefully we'll have you on again real soon, brother. You be safe. And uh, thank you, Sin, for calling in, man, with the dope questions yourself. And we're going to go out with yeah, this uh, California you. living one more time. And rest in peace, Mac Dre. Rest in peace, Mac Dre. Appreciate it, bro. Oh, yeah, it's Mac Dre back in your face. In I got my own boy, Cooley, in the place.
every day trying to make it through. Stacking a bank, pulling women in our face shoot. Would wanna be down with this California lifestyle. Ruthless as a child, now I'm living wild. In the streets of California, you better be packing. And watch your back due to the back of jacket. The wind breeze, blowing through the trees. And I'm still getting packed at 100 degrees. Trying so hard on the avenue. From LA to the back, brother, say coming through. And Benzes, horses, fathers, bangs. Drop crews, lit caps, and whips up bangs. Nationwide. 